Section 78 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. The Mysteries of London, Volume 2, by George W. M. Reynolds. Section 78. The Tortures of Lady Ravensworth. A week had now elapsed since Lydia Hutchinson entered the service of Lady Ravensworth. The service, oh, what a service was that, where the menial had become the mistress, and the mistress had descended to the menial. From the moment that Lydia had expressed her unalterable resolution to remain at the hall, Lord Ravensworth scarcely ever quitted his private cabinet. He had a bed made up in an adjoining room and secluded himself completely from his wife vainly did adeline seek him go upon her knees before him and beseech him with the bitterest tears and the most fervent prayers to return to an active life he contemplated her with an apathetic listlessness as if he were virgin when but little past the prime of life into second childhood or if he did manifest a scintillation of his former spirit it was merely to command his wife to leave him to his own meditations and again did he have recourse to the pipe in fact he was never easy now save when he lulled his thoughts into complete stupefaction by means of the oriental tobacco even when in the midst of her earnest prayers his wife implored him to come forth again into the world to live in fine for the sake of his as yet unborn babe the fire that kindled in his eyes was so evanescent that an acute observer could alone perceive the momentary and only momentary effect which the appeal produced the guests had all taken their departure the day after the bridal and the splendid mansion immediately became the scene of silence and of woe to all the entreaties of his wife to all the representations of his favourite page quentin that he would engage eminent medical assistance lord ravensworth turned a deaf ear or else so far roused himself as to utter a stern refusal accompanied with a command that he might be left alone thus he was rapidly accomplishing his own destruction committing involuntary suicide by slow certain and yet unsuspected means even as his brother the honourable gilbert vernon had declared to the resurrection man adeline had no inclination to seek the bustle and excitement of society her love of display and ostentation was subdued if not altogether crushed she was so overwhelmed with sorrow, so goaded by the tyranny of Lydia Hutchinson, so desperate by the mere fact of having to submit to that oppression, and by the consciousness that she dared not unbosom her cares to a single sympathizing heart, that she at times felt as if she were on the point of becoming raving mad, and at others as if she could lay herself down and die 
we will afford the reader an idea of the mode of life which the once proud and haughty lady ravensworth was now compelled to lead beneath the crushing despotism of lydia hutchinson it was on the seventh morning after the arrival of the latter at ravensworth hall the clock had struck nine when lydia repaired to the apartment of her mistress her mistress until she reached the door her manner was meek and subdued because she incurred a chance of meeting other domestics in the passages and corridors but the moment she entered adeline's apartment the moment the door of that chamber closed behind her her manner suddenly changed no longer meek no longer subdued no longer wearing the stamp of servitude lydia assumed a stern expression of countenance so terrible in a vengeful woman and in an instant clothed herself as it were with an appearance of truly fiend-like malignity adeline slept approaching the bed lydia shook her rudely lady ravensworth awoke with a start and then glanced hastily almost frantically around ah you here again she murmured shrinking from the look of bitter hatred which lydia cast upon her yes i am here again said the vindictive woman it is time for you to rise oh spare me lydia exclaimed adeline allow me to repose a little longer i have passed a wretched a sleepless night see my pillow is still moist with the tears of anguish which i have shed and it was but an hour ago that i fell into an uneasy slumber i cannot live thus i would rather that you should take a dagger and plunge it into my heart at once oh leave me leave me to rest for only another hour no it is time to rise i say cried lydia it has been my destiny to pass many long weary nights in the streets in the depth of winter and with the icy wind penetrating through my scanty clothing till it seemed to freeze the very marrow in my bones i have been so weary so cold so broken down for want of sleep that i would have given ten years of my life for two years for two hours repose in a warm and comfortable bed but still have i often in those times passed a whole week without so resting my sinking frame think you then that i can now permit you the luxury of sleep when your body requires it of repose when your mind needs it no adeline no i cannot turn you forth into the streets to become a houseless wanderer as i have been but i can at least arouse you from the indolent enjoyment of that bed of down with these words lydia seized lady ravensworth rudely by the wrist and compelled her to leave the couch then the revengeful woman seated herself in a chair and said in a harsh tone light the fire adeline i am cold no no i will not be your servant exclaimed lady ravensworth you are mine and it is for you to do those menial offices provoke me not adeline said lydia hutchinson coolly or i will repair straight to the servants hall and there proclaim the astounding fact that lord ravensworth relapse has been produced by the discovery of his wife's frailty ere their marriage oh my god what will become of me murmured adeline wringing her hands are you a woman or are you a fiend i am a woman 
and one who having suffered much knows how to revenge deeply returned lydia you shall obey me or i will cover you with shame adeline made no reply but with scalding tears trickling down her cheeks she proceeded yes she the high-born peeress to arrange the wood in the grate to heap up the coals and to light the fire and while she was kneeling in the performance of that menial task while her delicate white hands were coming to contact with the black grate and while she was shivering in her night-gear and her long dishevelled hair streamed over her naked neck and bosom there within a few feet of her sat the menial the servant comfortably placed in an armchair and calmly surveying the degrading occupation of her mistress i have often oh how often longed for a stick of wood and a morsel of coal to make myself a fire if no larger than sufficient to warm the palms of my almost frostbitten hands said lydia after a short pause and when i have dragged my weary limbs past the houses of the rich and have caught sight of the cheerful flames blazing through the area windows of their kitchens i have thought to myself oh for one hour to sit within the influence of that genial warmth and yet you you the proud daughter of the aristocracy recoil in disgust from a task which so many thousands of poor creatures would only be too glad to have an opportunity of performing adeline sobbed bitterly but made no reply the fire was now blazing in the grate still the high-born peeress was shivering with the cold for ere she could put on a single article of clothing she was forced to wash the black dirt from her delicate fingers then that lady who until within a week had never ever done so much as take with her own hands a change of linen from the cupboard or select a gown from the wardrobe was compelled to perform those duties for herself and all the while her servant her hired servant to whom she had to pay high wages and afford food and lodging that servant was seated in the armchair warming herself by the now cheerful fire do not be ashamed of your occupation madam said lydia it is fortunate for you that there is a well-stocked cupboard to select from and a well-provided wardrobe to have recourse to your linen is of the most delicate texture and of the most refined work your feet have never worn anything coarser than silk for your gowns you may choose amongst fifty dresses one would even think that your ladyship would be bewildered by the variety of the assortment and yet you are indignant at being compelled to take the trouble to make your selections for how many long weeks and months together have i been forced at times to wear the same thin tattered gown the same threadbare shawl the same well-darned stockings and how many thousands are there adeline who dwell in rags from the moment of their birth to that of their death ah if we could only take the daughters of the working classes and give them good clothing enable them to smooth their hair with fragrant oil and to wash their flesh with perfumed soaps and provide them with all those accessories which enhance so much the natural loveliness of woman think you not that they would be as attractive as worthy of homage as yourself and let me tell you adeline that such black ingratitude as i have encountered at your hands is unknown in the humble cottage the poor are not so selfish 
so hollow-hearted as the rich while lydia hutchinson was thus venting her bitter sarcasm and her cutting reproach upon lady ravensworth the latter was hurriedly accomplishing the routine of the toilet she no longer took pride in her appearance she scarcely glanced in the mirror as she combed out those tresses which it was lydia's duty to have arranged her sole thought was to escape as speedily as possible from that room where insults and indignities were so profusely accumulated upon her but her ordeal of torture was not yet at its end so soon as lady ravensworth was dressed lydia hutchinson said in a cool but authoritative tone adeline you will comb out my hair for me now provoke me not vile woman provoke me not beyond the powers of endurance almost shrieked the unhappy lady or i shall be tempted oh i shall be tempted to lay violent hands upon you my god my god what will become of me i am prepared to stand the risk of any ebullition of fury on your part said lydia in the same imperturbable manner in which she had before spoken lay but a finger upon me to do me an injury and i will attack you i will assault you i will disfigure your countenance with my nails i will tear out your hair by handfuls i will beat your teeth from your mouth for i am stronger than you and you would gain nothing by an attempt to hurt me but i will not be your servant cried adeline fire flashing from her eyes i tended your ladyship when you lay upon the humble couch in my garret in the agonies of maternity replied lydia and your ladyship shall now wait upon me no no you would make me a slave a low slave the lowest of slaves ejaculated adeline wildly you degrade me in my own estimation you render me contemptible in my own eyes and you have spurned and scorned me interrupted lydia you have made me too the lowest of slaves by using me as an instrument to save you from shame and now it is time that i should teach you the proud peeress that i the humble and friendless woman have my feelings which may be wounded as well as your own lydia i beg you i implore you on my knees i beseech you to have mercy upon me cried adeline clasping her hands together in a paroxysm of ineffable anguish and falling at the feet of the stern and relentless woman whom she had wronged i can know no mercy for you said lydia hutchinson now speaking in a deep and almost hoarse tone which denoted the powerful concentration of her vengeful passions when i think of all that i have suffered when i trace my miseries to their source and remember how happy i might have been in the society of a fond father and a loving brother when i reflect that it was you you who led me astray and having blighted all my prospects demanding even the sacrifice of my good name to your interests thrust me away from you with scorn when i ponder upon all this it is enough to drive me mad and yet you ask for mercy no never never i cannot pity you for i hate i abhor you do not talk so fearfully lydia good lydia cried adeline in a voice of despair while she endeavoured 
to take the hands of her servant at whose feet she still knelt think not to move me with a show of kindness said lydia drawing back her hands in a contemptuous manner your overtures of good treatment come too late but i will make amends for the past i will henceforth consider you as my sister exclaimed adeline raising her eyes in an imploring manner towards the vengeful woman i will do all i can to repair my former ingratitude only be forbearing with me if not for my sake at least for the sake of my unborn babe your maternal feelings have improved in quality of late said lydia with a scornful curl of the lip for as you must well remember your first babe was consigned to me to be concealed in a pond or thrust into some hole you cared not how nor where so long as it was hidden from every eye of all the agonies which you make me endure detestable woman ejaculated adeline rising from her knees in a perfect fury of rage and despair that perpetual recurrence to the past is the most intolerable of all tell me do you want to kill me by a slow and lingering death or do you wish to drive me mad mad she repeated her eyes rolling wildly and her delicate hands clenching as she screamed forth the word the scene was really an awful one a scene to which no powers of description can possibly do justice the stern inflexible tyranny of lydia hutchinson forced lady ravensworth to pass through all the terrible ordeal of the most tearing and heart-breaking emotions did the miserable paris endeavor to screen herself within the stronghold of a sullen silence the words of lydia hutchinson would gradually fall upon her one after the other with an irritating power that at length goaded her to desperation did she meet accusation by retort and encounter reproach with upbraiding the inveteracy of lydia's torturing language wound her feelings up to such a pitch that it was no wonder she should ask with an agonizing scream whether the avenging woman sought to drive her mad or again did she endeavour to move the heart of her hired servant by self-humiliation and passionate appeal the coldness or the malignant triumph with which those manifestations were received awoke within her that proud and haughty spirit was now so nearly subdued altogether do you wish to drive me mad lady ravensworth had said then when the accompanied paroxysm of feeling was past she threw herself on a chair and burst into an agony of tears but lydia was not softened she suffered adeline to weep for a few minutes and when the unhappy lady was exhausted subdued spirit broken the unrelenting torturess repeated her command you can now arrange my hair oh bad as adeline was at heart selfish as she was by nature and by education it would have moved a savage to have seen the imploring beseeching look which through her tears she cast upon lydia's countenance my hair said lydia imperatively then lady ravensworth rose and meekly and timidly began to perform that menial office for her own menial 
i never thought observed lydia while i was a wanderer and an outcast in the streets as for instance on the occasion when i accosted you in the bitterness of my starving condition in st james street and when your lackeys thrust me back your husband declaring that it was easy to see what i was and your carriage dashing me along the curbstone little did i think then that the time would ever be when a peeress of england should dress my hair and least of all that this peeress should be you but when in your pride you spurned the worm you knew not that the day could ever possibly come for that worm to raise its head and sting you think you that i value any peculiar arrangement which you can bestow upon my hair think you that i cannot even were i still vain adapt it more to my taste than my own hands yes certainly i could but i compel you to attend upon me thus i constitute myself the mistress and make you the menial when we are alone together because it is the principal element of my vengeance it degrades you it renders you little in your own eyes you who were once so great so haughty and so proud in this strain did lydia hutchinson continue to speak while lady ravensworth arranged her hair and each word that the vindictive woman uttered fell like a drop of molten lead upon the already lacerated heart of the unfortunate adeline at length the ordeal that same ordeal which had characterized each morning since lydia hutchinson had become an inmate of ravensworth hall was over and adeline was released from that horrible tyranny but only for a short time End of section 77.